Get your Bibles. The Bible, don't do it. The Bible says verse verse 4 of Psalms chapter 6. Return, O Lord, and rescue me. Save me because of your unfailing love. For the dead do not remember you. Who can praise you from the grave? I am worn out from sobbing, reading from the New Living Translation. All night I flood my bed with weeping, drenching it with my tears. Verse 7, my vision is blurred by grief. My eyes are worn out because of all of my enemies. Go away, all all you who do evil. For the Lord has heard my weeping. The Lord has heard my plea. The Lord will answer my prayer. May all my enemies be disgraced and terrified. May they suddenly turn back in shame. I want to minister a message this morning entitled Refocused Vision. Refocused Vision. Thank you all so very much. Um, as before I get into this today, I do want to, I want to honor a couple of areas of ministry. I want to honor our creative team, which you help me thank God for. They serve in the cameras, the videos, and everything, and I just, y'all are amazing. Y'all are amazing. I want you to help me thank God for these minstrels, these musicians that serve the Lord. Come on, let's honor. Come on, that's, we're a house of honor. You got to do it right. They're just, they're, they're growing. I want to specifically highlight, though, that I want to praise God for the growth of Daryl McKinney. Can we just thank God for that man? We honor you, sir. I love that the worship team is, is expanding. We have, uh, what do we have, four or three? Three? Three different teams, but they're growing, and we're seeing brand new faces that are authentically worshiping the Lord and, and let's just honor all of these wonderful psalmists and singers from all of the teams. But we, we thank God for all three of the teams. I, I specifically want to honor Ch uh, Chelsea. Just, just thank God for her. She did a great job leading in worship today. Our, yeah, we honor her. That's good. It's, uh, the house is growing. Somebody say the house is growing. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we thank God for what is happening. And, and I'm not just talking about numerical growth, but I'm talking, even though it is definitely doing that, we, we're seeing in two experiences, we're seeing more people than we've seen when we were in uh, one. And so it's amazing what God is doing um, in our church. Amen? Uh, but I'm talking about the spiritual growth, the maturity of the people is what I'm seeing, and that's what impresses me more than anything else. Somebody say, I like that. Are y'all ready for the word this morning? Yeah. It's something unusual. Uh, Dr. Jaquette said it earlier, but there's something very unusual flowing in the house today. So your expectation needs to be very high for what God could do. Any minute you could get healed. I don't care what kind of sickness you have. Let me prophesy to you that he is Jehovah Rapha, the God that heals you. And, um, and I believe every place that Jesus went, his, his power came with him. And I just sensed that in the room today that there are people who are going to walk out of this room completely whole in their body. Anybody receive that? I'm telling you. It's no hype. It's the word of the Lord to you. You're going to You're going to leave out of here in a place called uh, healed. Healed. Healed, healed, healed. We've been in this series um, called Robbed, and we've been basing this series out of John chapter 10, verse 10. Scripture says the thief comes but to steal, kill, and destroy. But I, Jesus, come that we might have life and have it more abundantly. The enemy is a thief. He does not play fair. When he comes on the scene, he wants to take everything you have. And unless you understand that, you will not be on guard at the level you need to be on guard. You've got to be vigilant. Somebody say vigilant. You've got to be alert. You've got to pay attention to what's going on in your surroundings because the facts are we are in a war. Two of y'all believe that. I said we are in a complete war. 
and the war is over territory, and the territory is souls, and it's even physical land. Do you hear me? The Lord began to talk to me in corporate prayer on Wednesday night. Yeah, we do pray here. We're a house of prayer. It, and, and, and we've been really strong in prayer the last few weeks, and I'm not just saying that because I've been leading, but there's been something very different that's been at the place of prayer. And we begin to deal with how God said he wants to redeem land. Wow. That he's going to literally, through his blood, he's got land that's been dedicated to other deities and land that's been dedicated to other gods through the power of the blood of Jesus. God has the ability to redeem land. And not only that, what the Lord encouraged me before, to, as I was preparing to fly back here from Toronto just last night, the Lord spoke to me and he reminded me as I was flying into Southern California, he said, Sherman, I want you to remember that whole cities can be saved. Yeah, I know. I know because our, our, our faith is so boxed in, and I'm believing God for mom and them and your cousins and all of that, but I believe that God is into cities, whole cities coming to Jesus. I think about times of revival history. I think about the Wells Revival, and I think about revivals that went through the city, and these men and women of God in our day went into the cities, and they began to pitch tents. I think about people like R.W. Sambach that would go into places and pitch a tent, and the whole city would be transformed, and that crime would went to church. But because we went to the world, y'all don't want this. So it's important that you understand the war is all over territory. And, and, and if you don't understand it, then you don't realize the enemy is doing his best to take whatever he can from you. We've dealt with money. Um, last week we began to even deal, what did we talk about last week? Y'all weren't here? Time? Okay. And, and, and this week we're going to deal with vision. Somebody say vision. We're going to, we're going to deal with vision. Uh, let me tell you something. That the enemy has been stealing your vision by interrupting your focus. Just write that down. That's where we're going to start. That's the thought we're going to start with. That the enemy has been stealing your vision by interrupting your focus. Um, in the scripture today, if we go to Psalm 6 and 6 in the NLT version, it says, I am worn out from sobbing. Let's just stop right there. So the enemy desires to wear you out. By external circumstances. So the idea is, I'm going to blur your vision by causing for you to be distracted and your focus not be intact. Because when your focus is not intact, you can't see. Hello, somebody. If I take these glasses off, it's a problem. It's a real problem. I don't know who you are from who, you, who the next one is. I can tell, kind of tell you light skin and your dark skin, but I don't know who I'm looking at. Why? Because my focus is not correct. When I place my glasses on, I get my focus back. I'm able to see what I'm supposed to see. Part of your problem in 2018 is that you've allowed the devil to win in distractions. I said it. You've allowed the enemy to win in your life by distracting you. Let me tell you, some of the easiest ways, hold on, sermon. How many easiest ways to distract you is to get in your family? Y'all don't want this. He, he will come right in your family because why? He's going to hit you where you can feel it. And unless you're just real dysfunctional, the majority of us care about our family. Good to see you, Charlene. That, the majority of us care about our family. Are you in here? You've got to get to a position and a place where you've got to be aware. So the stuff that distracted me in 2017 should not be the stuff that's distracted me in 2018 because I'm rising up to the devil's game. The stuff you tried on me before, it's not going to work now because I'm going to be wise and I'm going to be vigilant and I'm going to watch your strategy and watch the way that you continue to do thing. The enemy has a strategy. And most of it is found in cycles. It's not new stuff. Huh? Some of you fight the same demon every birthday. And you still get distracted every birthday. He tries to, he, don't, he has no new game for you. 
Every time your birthday comes around, you go through this whole thing. My life doesn't matter. I just don't know. I've got nothing to show. I just I thought I would be. I just I just And so because you've weeped so much, you can't see. You understand that? That's why you wipe your eyes when you cry. Because you realize you can't see through your eyes when tears are filling them up. The, the psalmist is saying, listen, I've been weeping so much, I can't see. So the enemy's job has been to make you cry. It is to bring you to a place of ultimate pain to pull tears out of you so you won't be able to have clear vision. So then you're allowing your emotions to drive your life and are missing out on the breakthrough that God wants to bring you because your focus, I'm preaching in here, your focus is off. You got you to gotta, you gotta track this fool. You got to track this fool. Can I tell you something? Some of, he, some of you, he, he's trying the same thing he tried on your mama. Some of you want to know how to get to deliverance. You want to find out the enemy strategy, go interview your mama. Go interview your daddy. And ask him, hey, how was your journey? How did the devil mess with you? Because I promise you, there is some stuff that he's just doing the same exact thing and trying it with you. I know what I'm talking about. And, and, and I've experienced it my own. The same devils my daddy fought, I have fought. You understand me? Because the enemy, he's not trying anything new. He looked at that bloodline and he said, well, it worked with Johnny. Then I'll try over here with Bob. You understand? He has nothing new. He said, I'm worn out. And if y'all be honest today and stop faking and shaking like, like we some religious church because we ain't. You, 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 some of y'all are worn out. I wish you'd just be honest, because if you be honest, you'll get so much freedom today. I promise you. The Lord told me as I was flying back from Toronto, he said, Sermon, he said, I'm going to give my people so much freedom through this today. Listen to me. You are worn out. Why are you worn out? Because you've been sobbing. You've been sobbing. Look at this. All night, I flood my bed with weeping. Drenching. Here's the here's the with my eyes. Listen, some of us, we don't, we're not even honest about it. And this is why I want you to get freedom because some of you, you, you fake it and try to shake it. And I tell y'all all the time, we don't do that around here. We're not supposed to do that around. Look at somebody say, we don't do that around here. Right? So when you show up and you look crazy, we can tell you've been crying. We ain't got to use our discernment. Maybe I don't, I don't have to use none of my prophet skills. I see by my natural eye, you've been crying. People are like, you, you, you discern it. No, I'm not discerning anything. Look at you. You look a mess. Your eyes is puffy. You, you. Are you understanding this? But you got to be honest about that thing because there's so much freedom in it. The enemy has tried to keep you on your bed full of tears. And you have lots of atabakuramansia. There's been a lot of questions that have been over your head. And some of you have been crying because you felt like God has not answered your questions. And you wanted understanding and you haven't gotten that understanding. But I'm going to tell you by the grace of God, there is going to be an end to that cycle of weeping for no reason. Y'all don't hear what I said. If this, this next season, you're going to weep over the stuff that makes him cry, not the stuff that moves your flesh. I said something. In this next season, you're going to be able to weep over cities and nations, not about your friend that left you. You're about to grow up and cry about the right stuff. I got that from my wife. She preached a message, big girls don't cry. And, and in, in the message... It made it clear that it's important that you cry over the right stuff. Let me, let me move. Let me move. So my, my vision is blurred, verse 7, by grief. I want you to deal with this. And I, I got a lot to give you in a short period of time. Yeah, grief. Grief. We oftentimes think grief because loved one died. It's not the only part of grief. Some of you, it's grief because a relationship ended. 
and you've been in grief and you haven't recognized it and that's why you haven't dealt with it properly you felt like well you know I don't need you anyway I need you I can do bad all by myself and all that all that stuff you talk about but when you get home and you're alone the truth is that you wish that you had not lost what you once had and even the stuff that had bad in it y'all want to sit here like y'all don't know what I'm talking about even the stuff that had bad in it a lot of times had good in it too are you understanding that and so we get into the conflict in our soul sermon exposed this I will in the conflict in our soul where we find out yeah it was bad but it's the good that I'm grieving over it's y'all don't want this I know I know it's been a year it's been five years it's been ten years but there is some of you that's in this room right here or that are watching live by internet who have been grieving over stuff that God never wanted you to have and the reason why you've been in grief is because there was some good in the bad and that's how the devil works he causes for the good and the bad to come together to mix it it's called mixture and he causes it to come together so you will be in a state of confusion my vision is blurred because I'm grieving some of you it's not relationship it's some of your it's your business you don't even know you're grieving over that you're grieving over that grieving some of you you're just grieving over a, a, a certain part of life okay some of you some of you are feeling the pressure to be an adult y'all don't and there are people in this room who have literally been grieving over their childhood <laughs> meaning that I prefer to go back then when I had no responsibility y'all you in here I'll point you out if you like me to uh, you you you, uh, you, you I, I prefer to go back then even though in this season is how I'm prepared is how I'm made is how I'm built you're not going to be built without pressure and responsibility and some of you are grieving over a season where you were being dealt with like a child but then you want to be seen as an adult God said listen to me you've got to tell that old season bye and welcome the new season and stop grieving over what wants was my vision is blurred I can't I can't see Pastor Byron because my focus is off <laughs> this is so good to me my focus is off listen one of the greatest illustrations of the power of focus is the great cola war the war between Pepsi and Coca-Cola. It's a real thing. It's a it's a real thing. There, there are some people in here who prefer a Pepsi. If you like Pepsi, just make some noise in here. You like You prefer a Coca-Cola, say something. I think you're both nasty, but that's just my personal opinion. But <laughs> This is my personal opinion, but but let me let me let, let, let me talk to you. Let me talk to you about Pepsi and Coca-Cola. Can we talk for a minute? Coca-Cola has a stronger brand than Pepsi. According to Forbes, it ranks number six on the world's most valuable brands compared to a ranking of 29 for Pepsi. It's also a higher market capitalization on Wall Street. 190 billion versus 159 billion. Pepsi is the larger business in terms of revenue when nearly as twice as Coca-Cola, but yet Coca-Cola is more profitable with an operating margin greater than 27% over the past year compared to the 16.4%. And some of you don't know nothing of what I'm talking about. Just stick with me. Okay. Um, uh, uh, Coca-Cola, or rather Pepsi, this is what Pepsi owns currently. Pepsi owns Frito-Lay. Okay, so that means we got your Sun Chips, we got your Ruffles. Come on, you got your Roll, Roll Gold Pretzels, you got your Cracker Jacks. All of this is owned by Pepsi. Pepsi also owns Quaker Oats. Yeah, yeah, so they own, owns Quaker Oats. Now, let's deal with what, what they used to own. Now, they formerly owned, Pepsi formerly owned Pizza Hut, Taco Bell, KFC, Hot and Now, Eastside Murillo, D'Angelo's Sandwich Shops, 
Chevy uh, Fresh Mex, and California Pizza Kitchen. So, so Pepsi, Pepsi at one point had owned all of these things. Are you understanding me so far? Okay. What, 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 what am I trying to tell you? Even when Pepsi owned the restaurants, it was very interesting because Pepsi owned 24,000 restaurants, but McDonald's only owned 14,000 restaurants. But Pepsi's restaurants only made 400 million in annual profit, whereas McDonald's made one billion in annual profit. The 24,000 restaurants that Pepsi owns have an, used to own had an estimated combined value of 10 billion in comparison to the 14,000 restaurants that McDonald's had that was worth 31 billion. The smaller, more focused company is worth three times much as the larger company. What am I, what am I saying to you? What am I saying to you? What did Coke do that made the difference? Coke just stuck with beverages. Coke had a single vision. We do drinks. Pepsi said, we're going to take in tacos, chicken, pizza, chips. We're going to be all over the place. Can I offer to you that most Christians are Pepsi Christians? Most Christians are Pepsi Christians. We are all over the place. We, we, I'll take a little bit of that. I'll take a little bit of that. I'll take a little bit of that. I'll even try this and I'll do this. And what it's called is distractions. <laughs> Something they taught me in business years ago, and I want you to write it down because it's applicable today. Keep the main thing the main thing. Keep, keep the main. I'm trying to help you. I'm teaching this Pepsi and Coke all the day. Listen, you you, you got to realize, you got to ask yourself, where in your life have you been scattered? And sometimes it's not stuff that you're not supposed to do. It's just not the right time for it. Apostle Sherman, please help me to understand why is it that I'm so scattered? Thank you. I will help you. The reason why you're so scattered is because the only way you get focused, and I'm going to take you back to where I always take you, is through the presence of the Lord and the Word of God. That's it. You, that's how you find out what is for now and what is for later. Are you understanding this today? You, you, uh, you can't sell tennis shoes to hair. Uh, 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 I'm trying to not say stuff that y'all do here so y'all don't think I'm preaching about you. Uh, but you, you you, you, can't, you can't do all of this stuff and then wonder why you have no money. You have no money because you don't know who you are. You're distracted, so your vision is jacked. You, oh, I hope y'all are really getting this today. You, you've allowed the enemy to come in and to scatter you all over the place. And because your focus is messed up, your vision is impaired. Most Christians are Pepsi Christians. All over the place. The Bible says he's, he's like a double-minded man. <laughs> Is unstable. That's the And all. Ooh. You can't hide double-mindedness. <laughs> and you think you're dancing over being double-minded, but we can see you. Look at somebody say, we see you. We Y'all quiet here. Find somebody say, we see you. We see you. Focus. What I believe that you need to become is a Coca-Cola Christian. What do I do? I do beverages. You should come and buy such and such company. No, thank you. I do beverages. You guys should launch out and, and start making your own chicken. No, I do beverages. I do beverages. Focus is everything. And I believe that the Lord wants to bring you into a greater level of focus so that you can actually grab your vision. 
You, oh, God. Listen to me. I am a multitask guy, not nowhere near my wife, but I am a multitask guy. But you've got to make sure you're multitasking in the task he gave you. Because if you're multitasking in stuff you came up with, you're waiting for an explosion of confusion. Are you getting this? So a lot of us, we're trying to multitask, but that's not what he's trying to do, what you're doing. What you're doing is you're pulling, some of you are pulling for branches to try to survive and to try to keep your life going. I know you're in here. And so you're just pulling for stuff. But it's not necessarily the stuff he wants you to focus on. Okay. So if I can focus on just building beverages, if I can just focus on this one thing, then I can hear the vision for it. But if I have 10 things going at the same time, I'm trying to get 10 visions. And you're trying to figure out why you're crazy. I know I'm on your feet. I know I'm on your feet. You're trying to get 10 visions at one time. And I know you're smart. I give it to you, some of you. I give it to you, you're smart. But nobody's that good. Nobody's that good that they have the mind space and the capacity to build ten visions at once. So you feel like you're going nuts because you're doing too much. I do beverages. I do beverages. Recently, I've been talking to some friends of mine, and they say, you know what? You're the prophecy guy. I said, I can go with that. I do a lot of other stuff, but I'm like, I can go with the prophecy guy. I'll go with that. That's what I do. If you want to coin me as the prophecy guy, that's great, because that means the rest of y'all jokers don't have no prophecy. So I, I, I have that. It's what I own. So then I'm going to come on the scene, and you'll bring me because I'm the prophecy guy. I'm not trying to be, I'm not trying to be the youth ministry expert. Are you understanding where I'm going? I'm not trying to, 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 to train people in all kinds of areas. If I'm going to be known as the prophecy guy, I open that. I'm welcome to it because why? I can get that one vision. But if I'm over here trying to be this, that, and the other supreme bishop of the all overseeing churches of Africa and Asia, then I'm going to miss out on what God wants me to do. And he wants me to do prophecy. I do a lot more, but he wants me to do prophecy. I do beverages. So then, what am I saying to you? You got to figure out what you do. <laughs> this series is real. You got you to you figure out, what do I do? Let me say it differently. What do I do well? Because you can, have a, you can have an innate ability to sing doesn't mean you're supposed to sing. God just might, might just, li- he just might just like hearing you. Doesn't mean you're supposed to join the worship team. And you can be an amazing singer. You can do all the riffs. Like a real singer. I'm not talking about a studio singer. You know what I'm saying? A real singer. That doesn't mean that he wants your whole career to be singing. You could be a nurse. How do I determine what I do well? I have to ask the manufacturer. See, y'all want to skip steps. You want to go to a motivational speaking engagement and hear somebody. You want to read Michelle's new book, and I encourage you to. Amen. But after you finish reading Shale's book, it's my girl. I call her Shale. After you finish... Why did, all, why did all black people treat the Obamas like they were our cousins? You know what I'm saying? Shell. <laughs> so after you finish reading Shell's book, you've got to get to a place where you've got to figure out what you're going to do. After you done read her story, you've got to create your own story. Are you in here today? I'm trying to build a house of world changers. I said I am. I want you to make your own story. Did you see? You saw where Shell and, uh, and Baraka was. 
Baraka and Shell, they was on vacation. You, you ain't had a vacation in years because you don't have no focus. And because you don't have focus, you don't have vision. All right, I'm just going to leave these here and let you figure out who you are. Okay. Write this down. Success is all about focus. It's all about focus. Your vision is what you focus on. Are you getting that? Vision is what you see. It's what I see. That's why I believe Paul wrote in, in Philippians chapter 3, 13 through 14. It says, brother, I don't count myself to have apprehended. But one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching towards those things which are ahead, I press toward a what? A goal. That's a mark. There's something I'm moving towards. You have 10 targets moving at the same time. How are you going to be successful? You cannot hit them all simultaneously. Oh, you got two hands. How are you going to hit all of those targets on point? It is not, I know some of you feel like I'm killing your dream, but what I'm trying to tell you, I'm not. I'm trying to get you to prioritize your dreams. So there is some stuff that I'm supposed to work on now, but then there's other stuff that's actually for 10 years from now. Are you understanding what I'm saying to you? And you've got to get to a place where you've got to get into the presence of the Lord and say, I'm not going to be distracted. Some of, some of you, you've been, the reason why you've been crying and your focus has been blurred is because you're added stress to yourself. I'm going to give you like, let me give it to you like this. Your grace for the stress that comes with your call. Notice what I just said. Notice what I just said. Your grace for the stress that comes along with your call. Right? I used to have four, three, three different campuses, four different worship experiences. Y'all remember that? Those that were in Kingdom Culture days. And, and I would preach four times a week. And people would look like, how in the world is this man doing that, driving or riding from city to city? Uh, from city to city, how is he doing that? I was graced for the stress of my job. Right? Are you understanding this? It's the stress that you put on yourself that you're going to lack grace for. Just, just, just understand what I'm saying. God's still going to cover you. He's still going to take care of you. Don't hear what I'm not saying. Hear what I am saying. That you have to make sure that you're not putting undue pressure on yourself that God never intended for you to have. That's where the struggle is. That's where the struggle is. So there's 10 different targets moving, and you're trying to shoot them all. Paul said, I press towards the mark. Are you understanding this? I need you to become singular in vision. If I can get 10 of you to get this, we can turn America upside down. All I need is 10. All I need is 10. Uh, it, you, if, you, if you could get this, your whole 2000, I'm trying to prepare you for 2019. It can be totally different than what this year looked like. If you can just get this. You can get this one thing. That doesn't mean that, that you can't do several things in life. I'm talking about your personal vision. I don't want to relate this because then y'all start questioning everything about your life. And then afterwards, people be at the step-up table quitting all the ministries they serve in. It's like, Pastor said one. That's not what I just said. I'm talking about your personal life and how you making it out here. I'm not talking about the ministries you serve on. Because some of y'all be like, I'm done. I got one. You got much greater problems than the ministries you serve in here. This is one day. This is one day. Because that's funny. when y'all be like, I quit because I'm stressed. But your stress don't have nothing what you do here in one day. You quitting because you ain't figured that out out there. Don't blame us. <laughs> Just say amen because I'm talking good. Focus. He said, I'm going to press. Are y'all getting this? Paul took all the energy he could muster to focus on the purpose God had put in front of him. Write this down. Vision is what I see. Vision is what I see, right? Sight, sight is, is the function of the eyes while vision is the function of the heart, okay? So that's why the enemy hits you with grief because vision is a function of the heart. Are you getting this? This is why the enemy hits you with distractions because vision 
it's, it's, it's a job of the heart. It's a job of the heart. It's the job of the heart. The job of the heart, the central processing unit of your life, right? The issues of life flows through the heart. Are you understanding this today? So his idea is to jack up your heart so that he could blur, the, blur your vision or take your, blur your focus so he could take your vision. Are you getting this? Are you understanding? Vision, listen, is seeing the future before it comes into being. Okay. God will drop on you the ability to see where he's taking you before you ever go there. The future is a place, but that place is within you. <laughs> the future is a place, but that place is within you. If you see a future, if your future as this faraway land, you'll never go through the process of seeing what he already placed in you. He locked everything you need that pertains to life and godliness inside of you. That includes your future. So if I'm always looking for external ways to figure out what my future looks like, I'm going to miss out. Because you're only limited. You're limited in helping me as it relates to finding that I have to go on a search in prayer with my maker to find out what did you put in here. Are you grabbing this? What did you put in here? What did you put in here? What did you put in here? Listen, this is what the Bible says in Proverbs 29, 18. You've heard it before. Where there is no vision, what? People perish. Another version says where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. That means you run wild without vision. I'm just building my case more. So that means that you're running wild. I do this, I do this, I do this. I do this, I do this, I do this, I do this. I do this, I do this, I do this because you have no vision. Your life is wild because you lack vision. You lack vision because you have no focus. So we back to Pepsi or Coca-Cola. Who are you going to be? Okay. We back there, right? Right? My life is wild and crazy. Because I don't have vision. And I don't have vision because I don't have focus. Okay. All right. So I have to align myself. Somebody say align myself. Listen, God does not speak about really where you are. He's constantly talking to you about where he wants to take you. Have you understood that? You could be in now and God talk about this is where I want to take you. Why? Because he's not confined to time. I keep telling you that. He's not confined to time. So your future to God is not your future. Did you hear that? So your future to God is not your future. It just is. It's just you. Future is the way you view life because you're, you're living in time. Future only relates to a time period. Future does not relate to outside of time. When God looks at the world, he does not see it in the way you view it. He just sees you. That's why when he releases prophetic ministry to you, it confuses you. Because you know where you are right now, and you're like, you cannot be talking to me. And God's like, no, I see you. I see you. <laughs> I see you. I see every part of you. And that's why you understand grace. Some of you don't understand grace because grace is extended to you based upon how he just feels about you. Yeah, yeah. And, and some of you, you, don't, you can't receive grace because you're stuck in your present. And you see you're worrying about a future. And God said, the future is not a thing for me. Grace is just extended to you because you're mine. And I love you. And I just see you. Past doesn't become an issue for him because there's not a past. Past doesn't exist in him. He's not stuck in time. Are you understanding this? You're tripped out about a past because you have a clock and a calendar. 
So then when God is calling you to the next level, you're constantly talking to him about something. And he's like, listen, if you just stick in me, that's why. Why is prayer important? Because prayer takes you into a timeless reality. Oh, I wish y'all would go with me today. Why is prayer important? Prayer takes you out of this realm and brings you into a place where time is not an issue. This is why Jesus was talking to the disciples, and he was like, can't y'all just pray with me for an hour? I just want to give you access to a timeless place. Because getting access to that timeless place gave Jesus the strength to act in his now. This is too good. I, uh, 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 I'm going to take an offer for myself after this. This is important. I'm only playing. This is important that you understand this, that, that God, God wants you to understand that, 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 that prayer, and that's why the fight is so hard for your prayer life. Because the enemy wants you to be more aware of time than you have to be. You're a dual citizen, my man. You're a dual citizen, my sister. You're, you're a dual citizen, so you live in this world and another world. So I get the benefits of both. But the enemy only wants you, Byron, to be connected with this realm. Because if you're connected with this realm, then you'll cry over your past. And you'll trip over your future. But when you get into prayer, and you start hanging out with the timeless dude, He's like, why? No, it's just you. Forget past. Forget present. Forget future. Let's just talk about you. That's why the devil don't want you to pray. That's why he don't want you to study the word. Because when you start eating the whole scroll and you start taking in the word, you start, the, the word of God is a timeless revelation. It's a timeless revelation. So when you start eating the book, you start getting stuff that has nothing to do with a clock and a calendar. Nothing has to do with a world that's revolving and spinning on its axis. You get contact to something that's beyond our now. Woo! So the enemy says, let me get you tripping. Let me distract you. Let me get you all over the place. Without vision, the people perish. What's happening in many of our lives right now is we're dying a slow death because we lack vision. And we lack vision because our focus is off. I'll be out here in a second. Somebody say, I'm one decision away from my next level. Say it like you believe it. I'm one decision away from my next level. Isaiah chapter 119 says this. Listen, if you're willing, I told you last week, if you're willing and obedient, if you're willing and obedient, can you understand that some of you have the desire to be obedient, but you've been trying to be obedient in 10 things? And somehow you've convinced yourself that God told you to do that. But I want you to think about it. Why would God tell a person to do 10 things that can't keep their room clean, wash their clothes, pay their bills on time? You think he doesn't know you? I want to submit to some of you, your Holy Ghost is off. And it's not the Holy Ghost. That's why I say your Holy Ghost. I believe that people cannot trust the voice of God that they hear inside of them if they don't pray and read the word. Say it, amen there. Because we hold on to the right that I heard God. But what I read in the Bible is that every man that had, most men that had revelation, Michelle, they had to submit it. Paul had revelation that he had heard before he went and preached it to the Gentiles. He went to the 12 and said, this is what the disciples that were living at that time. And he said, he said, this is what I received. And they looked over that revelation. And from there, Paul left to go and preach to the Gentiles. Are y'all getting this today? So all this stuff you say, God say, it needs to be submitted somewhere. Right? And especially you got to be real with yourself when you know you don't have a prayer life and when you know you don't read the word. Just, just be real. Right? Don't just shoot off with the first thing you hear. 
Let's just be honest. Let's just be honest. Okay? I haven't prayed in weeks. So when I hear a voice say, don't do that, I probably need to go check it. Check it with a proven person. Paul didn't take his revelation to any blow Joe, Joe Blow that was standing on the uh, corner. Paul went to the proven apostles. Said, this is what I heard from the Lord. I know you hear from the Lord. The proof is in the pudding. The world is being turned upside down. This is what I heard. If you talk to your friend who doesn't barely talk to the Lord, and you submit revelation to a friend who is as confused, even if more confused than you are, you're asking for a disaster. That's like when, when offended people ask offended people how they feel about their offense. Of course the offended person is going to amen your offense. Y'all in the same page. That's why some of y'all are friends. The only reason why you're friends, because you're friends because you have mutual offense. Mm, pull back, Sherman. Don't say that. Uh, I, 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 okay, okay. It's important. It's important that you understand that you have to be careful. Be very careful. Because in your, in your vulnerable seasons, the enemy will send people to keep you in your dysfunction. Right? And people start, in the churches around America, people start, I hate the church clubs within a church. I'm not talking about my church. I'm just saying churches around the world. I can't stand my leader clubs. In churches. They have a mutual offense. Somebody says something to you that you did not like. Somebody says something to them that they did not like. And instead of talking it through like a family does, they decided to hold a fence and to carry it. And so when you guys talk, there's no upbuilding. All you do is subtract from one another by feeding each other's offense. <laughs> My time is so up. Uh, listen to me. Listen to me. How do I get my vision moving? You ready for this? Number one, record it. You hear what I said? Record what you see. Habakkuk 2 and 2. You know that. You know it already. Right? The Lord answered me and said, write the vision. Make it plain on tablets. That he who may run who reads it. For the vision is for what? I can't hear you. The vision is for what? The vision is for an appointed time. An appointed time. But at the end, it will speak, and it will not lie. Though it tarries, what that means, that what it means is though it, it's not working on your schedule, wait for it, because it surely comes, because it don't tarry. Meaning that God is never late. Why? Because he's not in time. It's tarrying for you because you live in time. He's outside of time, so he says, I never tarry. Y'all don't want this good revelation today. Here's number two. You got to destroy distractions. If you want your vision to live, you got to destroy distractions. Exodus 23, you should have no other gods before me. You're like, how is that? What does that have to do with distractions? Whatever you give more attention to and energy to than you do God and his word is an idol. And the spirit of idolatry has captured many of us. We are worshiping at the altar of a job. We're worshiping at the altar of a relationship. We're worshiping at the altar of all of these things. And God is saying, destroy the idols. Destroy the distractions. Destroy the stuff around you. And get your focus back. I wish I had a church that just go like this real quick. Just go like that. I'm about to get my focus back. Here's number three. It may not be easy. But it won't always be hard either. Did you hear what I said to you? It may not be, I have to get through this. I have to drop this part on you because some of you need to hear this. It may not be easy, but it won't always be hard either. <laughs> Can I tell you, when God started breaking through for our church with this building, I started looking for something bad. I was so used to the fight that the ease scared me. 
I was so used to a war, Devin, that when the Lord just made there to be an ease in the movement, I could not even receive the ease. Because I felt like everything that I was supposed to get was supposed to come with a fight and hardship. And the Lord spoke to me in prayer one day, and he said, Sherman, when is your time to just be blessed? When is your time to just have breakthrough? When is your time just to receive what belongs to you? He said, son, there's nothing around the corner. It's just a blessing of the Lord. I want to prophesy to somebody that I believe for many of you the hard season is over. And what you're about to step into in your life is the grace of Almighty God that's going to cause for the ease of the Lord. It's about to be an easy movement. You fought the fight already. Woo! I said you fought the fight already. You're about to move into this moment. Oh, this is my last point. I'm out of here. Listen, number four is just to tell you it is possible. It is possible. Whatever vision God has dropped on you, it is possible. He said in Joshua 1 and 9, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid because the Lord your God is with you. I've got news for you. In every season of your life that is coming, God is with you. Somebody say with you, with you, with you, with you. It is possible. I want to build your faith so strongly today that you leave out of this place and know that everything that God spoke to you and he said to you that it is possible it doesn't matter what life is trying to say to you right now it doesn't matter how stuck you feel in time God is about to bring you into a timeless reality called the kingdom of God he's about to bring you into a timeless reality called the kingdom of God to give you an understanding that you can do it it is possible I want you to hit somebody next to you and tell them it's possible Come on, tell them it's possible. Find somebody behind you and tell them it's possible. Why y'all playing in here? Look at somebody else and tell them it's possible. It is possible. I believe God, and I don't believe the voice of any devil, and I don't believe the voice of time, and I don't believe the voice of my enemies. My weeping is over. My weeping is over. Weeping may endure for a night, oh, but I feel joy. I feel it in the room. I feel joy coming on God's people. I feel joy coming on God's people. The joy of the Lord. Oh, I said the joy of the Lord. I said the joy of the Lord. I said the joy of the Lord. It is coming upon you. You are about to get a sweatless victory. There shall be a sweatless victory. There shall be a sweatless victory. You're about to step outside of time and step into where he told you to go. This fight will not be the end of you. You're going to have a sweatless victory. Lift your hands in here. Open your mouth and worship him. There's an anointing that just hit the room. Come on, open your mouth. Yeah. Come on. Come on. Come on, take a minute. There's an anointing here. Yeah.